0: An awful day, just an awful, awful ending. It always stings. It hurts. Um, no one I'd rather do it with than those guys in there, and how much how together they are. So you you know, kind of lean on each other in there. But the ending, you know, as I've said before, it's cruel. Um, so much goes into it. Trying to climb to that top of the mountain, and you know, unfortunately, we haven't been able to get there yet. And continues to, you know, I know it'll continue to motivate everyone in there to, to try and get there. You know, that's that's what you work for, and you know, don't take for granted the opportunity you have sitting in front of you. And uh, but the ending, the ending, is terrible.
1: Time, I have one question. Yes. For all of New York?
0: Yes. New York.
1: (laughs) Who's your daddy now? I just want to know. I want an answer, and I want it quick. New York, who's your daddy? Should I say the Astros? It's not Big Papi anymore. It's not me. Who's your daddy? I want to ask New York.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That was uh, Aaron Boone manager of the New York Yankees still, although that could probably change. It might change by the time you hear the this podcast. And uh, Pedro Martinez, <laughs> TBS. It's Blair and Barker, Jeff Blair, Kevin Barker. The World Series is set, as we all predicted. The Philadelphia Phillies are representing the National League. And ho-hum, oh, the Houston Astros are going back as the American League representatives. We'll uh, talk about the Phillies a little later. Eric Kratz, Phillies analyst, joins us. And actually, Eric Kratz also spent some time with the Yankees, so he will be uniquely placed to discuss the, I guess, the two sides of this coin, right? The surprise of the Phillies going. And, Kevin, I don't know. I wouldn't – I think most of us – look, I called the Astros in five over the, the, the Yankees. I'm not at all surprised the Astros won. I may be a little surprised they swept, although not not tremendously, given what we've we've seen out of the uh, given what we saw to the Yankees lineup. But um, well, let's just let's start with the ALCS, and I'll just ask you this: When opening day rolls around next year, or let's say when spring training starts next year, how different will the New York Yankees look? from the team we saw this year.
1: Yeah, well, I, I would think it would have to look a little different. I mean, I, it's it's funny that the first things out of your mouth was that Aaron Boone's probably not going to come back. I, I, I mean, he's the obvious, easy guy to point the finger at and say, uh, why, why did the, the New York Yankees get swept? For me, they hit 162. Aaron Judge hit .63. been Benintendi, wasn't there. Josh Donaldson stunk. I mean, is that Aaron Boone's fault? Absolutely not. That That's the dudes going out there every single day and having at-bats. I just think, for me, the Astros were way better than the New York Yankees. Like, did that have anything to do with their manager uh, putting the guy at third base every single day? Now, it didn't seem like they had D.J. Lemayhew. They didn't have any other choice than to put Josh Donaldson in the lineup or run Aaron Judge. Obviously, you're not going to not play him. I mean, he had .63. I mean, that's all fair,
2: Kevin. That's all fair, but let's face it. It's New York. It's a, a lifetime since the Yankees have been to the World Series. I, I think it's entirely – I think it would be entirely fitting if Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone both were both let go here. But this is not good enough. Yeah, we could sit here. You're right. I'm, they had a whole bunch of guys that struck out a lot. That's more on Brian Cashman than it is on Aaron Boone. But come on, it's New York. You know as well as I do what is going to go on. And I, yeah, I I would ask you this. What has Aaron Boone and what has Brian Cashman done to, de- to, to deserve a second chance? Or not even a second chance, but to be, deserve to be back next year. We talked about what they did at the trade deadline. Harrison Bader, great pickup. Frankie Montas, is he still alive? I don't know. <laughs> Scott Eflin, he's... Undergoing Tommy John surgery. Yeah, I'm sorry. This is, the the Astros are the best team in baseball. I I think they would have been the best team in baseball even if Mm -hmm. the L.A. Dodgers were still in. But the New York Yankees don't get swept. And the New York Yankees don't go how many years now?
1: Since going to the World Series? So if this series would have went five games, you'd have been okay with that? God, no. No, the Yankees. I mean, what's the the difference in losing? If you lose, you lose. What's the difference? The
2: Yankees had to go to the World Series this year, at least, Kevin. It's it's their birthright. I I I don't know how you can possibly stand stand up for Aaron uh, for, for Aaron
1: Boone here. Yeah, you're right. The lineup. I, was I, guess, done, I, I guess. I guess. I mean, I don't know where you're pointing the finger at Aaron Boone. What did he do wrong? Like, I, did he, was he the reason why Aaron Judge hit .63? He was he the reason right. why the lineup hit one sixty two? Was he the reason anything. why Josh Donaldson stunk? Was he the reason why Glaber Torres made an Donaldson. error in, late in the game, flipping the a ball in the shortstop? Was that Donaldson his fault? Played
2: every game. Did Josh Donaldson play every game? I think he played every game. The last time I looked, I could be wrong. Do you think that Did is Aaron Boone or do you think that's the organization? I think that's Aaron Boone. I don't. Th- You're going to tell me that if Aaron Boone decided to bench a dude who was 0 for 100 with 68 Bench him for who? 68 Who's playing third? It doesn't matter. I'd put one of the kids there. I mean, do something. Make it look like you're trying to win. Don't run mm-hmm. out the same the same black hole there.
1: Well, I think they That's did that they by did. moving around the order a little hole. bit. They, they changed the leadoff hitter. They put Judge in situations they thought they could run him up there with runners on base. You want him hitting a homer with, you know, a guy on base instead of hitting solo shots. I'm with you. It's probably, but Booney might get fired. Like, yeah. but I, I'm just saying. Sometimes players got to run home, look themselves in the mirror, and say it ain't our manager's fault. It's my fault for hitting .63. It's our team's fault for not having good enough at bats it's our our, our team's fault for punching out 50 times That's in four remarkable. games that has nothing to do with Booney. i mean if you want to point the finger and i'm sure they will in new york they're going to point the finger at somebody somebody's going to get canned for this but man this for me is more about the players i mean sometimes we give the players a a, a little bit of a hall pass because you can't be firing people like judge and torres and rizzo and well, stanton can, and, and donaldson and Cabrera. Yeah, i mean i really like, they're not going to make a serious run at Aaron Judge now because they got swept by the Astros? Like, they, again... Well, they yeah, they're, they're going to make... But here's the thing, Kevin. Look at that lineup. Look
2: at that lineup and tell me... We has got a lot of all it. or nothing we, in it. We talked about how, how the Blue Jays, how that loss to the, the Mariners, that shocking loss to the Mariners, you know, what, I mean, made you, made you want to at least take a deeper look at things. Um, to to strike out all that often. And, and again, I'm going to throw this out. there. There's a really good Astros. It was a good Astros staff. Everybody's rested. This staff is so good and so rested. We made this point. Not even Dusty can screw this up. <laughs> and now he's got, by the way, now I guess the concern would be rust a little more than rest because you've got four days off until, until the world series. But uh, it has to be said before we start ham- before we continue to hammer in the Yankees. The Astros ran out some really good pitching, but Lance McCullers wasn't at his best last night. I mean, the, the, this wasn't the Justin Verlander wasn't overpowering early in his game. Uh, the Yankees had some chances here in this series. Now enough to win the series. Probably not. But I, I look at that lineup. I mean, uh, you know, you've got to, you've, you've got to, you've got to figure out what's going to happen with Aaron judge right out of the gate. And, this is the thing. If you don't have an if you don't have an idea, if you don't get an indication early that Aaron Judge isn't gonna sound sign with you right away, you've got to pivot. And you've got
1: to bring in you got to bring in some maybe, serious. Maybe they already have here. Maybe they they've already have done that and decided that, that they need to spend all that money that they're going to give one guy on a bunch of guys. You know, they're, I'm with you. With their lineup, this will tell you that against good pitching, even if they make mistakes and throw balls down the middle, two dudes hit homers, Jeff, in that lineup in four games. Yeah. That's Bader and no, Rezo. Bader hit two I'm homers. Rezo hit a homer. I, I'll just say this. If LeMay, you, and Ben were hitting first and second and Judge was hitting third, how different would this lineup look? You think they'd have punched out 50 times? Probably no, not. I
2: think DJ. I think DJ LeMayhew, uh, DJ LeMahieu's absence was huge in this series. But DJ LeMahieu is also hurt, and DJ LeMahieu is at that point in his career where you could probably expect him to be hurt. No question. No question. So I, I look at this lineup. You have Stanton coming back. I don't think there's anything wrong with your catchers. You know, they're they're fine. I, I would presume that Glaber Torres will be able to overcome that error. Uh, you know, you, you've got the two kids, uh, Pedraza and, and Cabrera. They've they mm-hmm. they have to be up here. You still have your top prospect or one of your top prospects, in in uh, in Anthony Volpe. You know, Rizzo's gone, and and that, or I shouldn't say he's gone, but he's a free agent. That's going to be a huge huge loss to that lineup. And then of course it's Aaron Judge, and and man, I, the only thing. The only positive I've seen coming out of the series is the play of the kids, Cabrera in particular, and I think Luis Severino. I mean, those are the two positive things. The Yankees go into next year with a fully healthy Cole, a fully healthy Severino. That's a building block. But I think that team needs a major overhaul. And I just don't know. Here's the thing, Kevin. I don't know how you do it in a division where the Jays are probably going to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. Where Tampa Bay is going to be doing what Tampa
1: Bay is going to be Red doing. Red Sox are going to have a bounce back here.
2: <laughs> Maybe. But the Baltimore <laughs> Orioles, you know, go, going online, a lot of national writers think the Baltimore Orioles are going to spend a fair amount of money this yeah. offseason. Yeah. But my whole point is this, is this is not necessarily an easy division if you're the New York Yankees. Um, if you're the New York Yankees to
1: uh You rebuild. like to point the finger at the manager. I'd say it's on the players. That's just me. So yeah, I, I, th- I, th- I think we both have an argument. Yeah, ultimately, it's always on the players, but
2: uh, it's it's also on the manager and the general manager. It's, it's it's that way in every sport. Um, let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the Houston Astros, Kevin. Uh, Dusty had, Dusty Baker had kind of an interesting comment after the game, and I thought I'd noticed it during the game, but you, until you're there in person, you don't you don't necessarily. You don't get the full vibe of the crowd. But Dusty made the point that he thought, you know what? I don't think the Yankee fans were that hard on Altuve or that hard on Bregman anymore. Have we moved past the whole cheating Astros thing? Isn't it time to bury that now? Because, you know, Jordan Alvarez wasn't part of that. Jeremy Pena wasn't part of that. Mm -hmm. Framber
1: Valdez wasn't part of that. You know, no, for me, uh, they have to win a World Series this year for me to move past it. I mean, uh, and 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 you'll always be known as an organization as a bunch of cheaters. I mean, it, that's just the way it is. I mean, it's harsh to say out loud, but it's an it's an absolute fact that this this the, with especially like Altuve and Bregman, those are the two guys for me. Uh, and you know, you, you can throw Gurriel in there too. He was there. Like I guess those three guys there. I mean, this is they got a little something to prove that you know it's it's you've been you're going to the world series four out of the last six years like you've won one of them and they they could say a lot of the reasons was you were doing more banging than the other team was doing and that's why you won it so yeah look it's it's a it's a harsh world it's uh you know and they need to go out and do some things i will say this the the philadelphia phil has got to play a clean game the the Astros are very good at taking advantage of miscues. If you make a miscue late in the game, if you don't turn a double play, if you don't get an out that you're supposed to get, the right guy comes up, can you know do some things with two strikes, go the other way. But I'm going to ask you: You think the the Houston Astros can beat the Philadelphia Phillies the way that one through four in that order is doing with Jose Altuve at the plate, looking like this Jose Altuve? They can as long as
2: Jordan Alvarez looks more like Jordan Alvarez of the Mariner series, as long as Alec Bregman continues to drive and runs and, and, and Kevin, quite frankly, the, the dude at shortstop. Yeah. I, I have no, I have no doubt that they can, I, I have no doubt that they can beat, that they can beat the Phillies. It's going to come down. And and I'm going to, to me, it's going to come down very simply to, to, and this is captain obvious. It always comes down to pitching, but, I think it's it's got to come down to what happens in games three and four of the World Series. It's got to come down to the starting pitchers in those games. And it's got to come down to the bullpen in those games. And I, you know, I would sit here and say my initial inclination would be to say the Astros are going to win it in five or six games. But, man, after what I saw from the Phillies, after what I saw from Bryce Harper and not just Bryce Harper. I mean they've they've got a lot of guys that seem to be locked in. I'd have to think long and hard. Look, the Phillies almost seem like they're a team of destiny right now. But I still think get back to your original question. Yeah, I think I think the Astros can outpitch them and I think the Astros the Astros probably
1: have a better supporting cast than a lot of people think they do. This comes down real, it's real easy for me. Can, can the Astros pitching staff hold down the slugging of those first four guys in that order, or the Phillies or the order? Schwarber, Hoskins, Riamuto, and Harper. Those are the four guys. Those four guys are better than the first four guys for the Astros. Plain and simple. There's no mm. question right now. But dude, the way those four guys are confident, right now. slugging, well, that's all that matters right now. Let me like, ask you this. Like the, the next four okay. days might hurt this team. with well, having that, the days off my, and, and that was no my momentum. point which is what you don't like to say out loud, but there's something to those first four guys' momentum. And Well, I mean, after the first two guys with the Philadelphia Phillies, really, who do they have in the rotation? They don't. Kevin. So a lot of that feeds off of those four guys in that order. Kevin,
2: if if Justin Verlander comes out and stinks in game one, or if Justin Verlander – let me rephrase that. If Justin Verlander comes out and shoves in game one, there's your momentum. It's got nothing to do with Schwarber. It's got nothing to do with Harper. It's got nothing to do with – it's all about the pitching. Whoever gets the best pitching in Game One has momentum, and that
1: would be the same even if they were playing today. I mean, it would. Yeah, I'd, um, I'd like to. Th- I'd like to thank the Padres had pretty good pitching. Now that's that's what I think, and I th- I think sometimes you just believe so much in your ability and what you're doing off the field that when you get on the field between the lines, because you have Bryce Harper and everybody else is sort of falling into place. You hear Schwarber talk about Bryce Harper. You hear Hoskins talk about Bryce Harper. You hear Real Muto talk about Harper. Like just having him doing his thing, him coming up, getting a giant hit, takes the pressure off all these other guys. Just allows him to go up to the plate and be themselves. And when you have those four guys working the way they're working, for me that's momentum. And you can feed off of those four guys if you're everybody else in that lineup. And it trickles down to your bullpen, to your – I know obviously, Wheeler is legit, and he's going to give them a serious chance. One, four, and seven. If it goes seven. Nola, look, he's going to have to do some things. And then who else? That's my point is. I understand what you're saying with the Astros. It's more about pitching and doing all the little things the right way. That's sort of the Astros' way right now. But if you're the Philadelphia Phillies, that momentum you got with the first four guys, they believe, man. And believe is a, is three-quarters of the battle this time of the year. And I'm with you a little bit with the Astros. I'm not so much with you when it comes to the Phillies. I believe they Here's got a lot the of momentum. The,
2: the Phillies – Nobody expects them to win. Nobody expected them to beat San Diego. I mean, the the Phillies are the team. Yeah, I don't know. The the Phillies were probably the least fancy team that got in there. I don't think the Phillies have an ounce of pressure on them. I don't think they've got an ounce of pressure on them in this series at all. I think the pressure's all on the Astros. And oddly enough, Mm. I think the Astros had less pressure on them against the Yankees because it's the Yankees. You're in New York. I think the Astros had less pressure on them against the Yankees than the Yankees had in them. Now you come here, and it's all on Houston. It's all on Dusty. This is Dusty's last chance to win a World Series, maybe. It's all on Dusty. You talked about the Astros needing another World Series to justify. I, I, I don't agree entirely, but I would... I'd be willing to bet that 95% of the baseball population of baseball world agrees with you and doesn't agree with me. They, they the Astros need a quote unquote legitimate World Series in order to in order to cement to cement their legacy. I want to talk about the decision to leave Roberto Suarez in to pitch to Bryce Harper. Now, Kevin Long the Phillies hitting coach and they they, they, they made note of this during the broadcast. They had the iPad out, and they were looking at Josh Hader because they thought Josh Hader was coming in to face Bryce Harper. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that at bat because, first of all, I didn't have a problem with Roberto Suarez staying in at that point in time. Asking Josh Hader to get six out.
1: Yeah. yeah, you're really, you're really, are you really doing that though? You could, you could lose, you lost the game in the eighth inning. I mean, the, the closing situations in the eighth inning, you're in the meat of the order in the eighth inning. But here's as the soon other as thing as JT Realmuto gets the 0 2 single, for me, gloves are off. You got to bring in your, but here's your the pitch But hey, hater wasn't ready either. And Bob well, Melvin that's, said, That's the manager's fault. Oh, I don't
2: know. No, I disagree. Well, who's you're you're going to tell, let, no, 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 let me finish here. You're going to, so for him to be
1: ready at that time, he would have to have been up in what, the top of the eighth? I mean, it t- it takes a, a veteran guy like ten pitches to get ready. You're, I mean, you're not asking; him. he's not running a marathon down there to get loose. Take him ten yeah, pitches. Well, they're saying he wasn't ready,
2: so maybe it takes more than ten pitches to get loose in that weather. I'm just saying that they're hey, saying um, he wasn't ready. Hater says he wasn't ready. Did did they win or lose? Well, they lost. Why did they lose? But, but here's the, but here here's the question I'm asking you. I want to talk about that at bat because the way that played out. And I went back and looked at that changeup Bryce Harper took. Now, you've stood in there. Mm. Talk to me about what goes through a hitter's mind. Now, you fouled off three pitches, 98, 99 around there. You fouled three fastballs off. Mm-hmm. Then you get this changeup. I'm just going to ask you, as a human being, how on earth do you not swing at that changeup?
1: Well, I mean, that's a great question. Unless he's he's done a lot of video work to see – sort of tendencies the one he throws it he threw seven pitches to Bryce Harper six of those were were either the sinker or the fastball and they were 98 99 I, I throw one of the best hitters in all of baseball six of the same pitch now obviously the sinker's moving a little it ain't moving a ton it's 99 mm-hmm. it can't move yeah. a ton like right. it just can't I mean it just doesn't have time in, uh, enough enough it's just moving just enough to get it off the barrel that's basically why he's making it a sinker he's gripping it different I mean the velocity's so hard on it he just wants a little bit of late movement to get it off the barrel and it gets back to that. The leadoff hitter got on base. He's trying to get the ground ball, but it's the six of the seven pitches where they're a sinker or a four seamer mm-hmm. at 98, 99 miles an hour. You give a great hitter like Bryce Harper enough time. And you mentioned a couple of foul balls that he hit. He's timing that thing up. And he took doesn't the, cha- the change up, mess that timing up. I, I I guess maybe out of the hand he saw he saw that it was a ball it was down I know he took it it was down I mean it, was it a was it a competitive pitch yeah because he would thrown the 98 99 the sinker the four seamer the sinker the four seamer like it was I, look you you're just all you're doing with two strikes is you're trying to get barrel to it especially a guy that throws that hard and you know sometimes you get lucky I don't I don't know if that's a it's a lot of skill that goes into taking a ball that's, you know, one pitch is 98-99, the next pitch is 91, and then the pitch that you see the next pitch is 99 miles an hour and you hit it out to left left center field. Yeah, uh, a little bit of that again is you have balance. You can tell Bryce Harper's locked in when he's balanced. He's staying back. He has the anchor inside of the back knee. That's the big deal. Uh, it's when you're having that, you can see it a little bit longer. You can see it a little bit sooner. Uh, and he's a great hitter. Uh, can we stop saying that Juan Soto's the best left-handed hitter in baseball? I mean, can we say that now? I mean, Bryce Harper, look, uh, look, when he's doing this, I mean, you could argue. If somebody walked up to you and said Bryce Harper's the best player in baseball, could you argue that? I mean, was he, if he's healthy and doing these kind of things, could you argue that? I mean, he won an MVP last year, so there's there's an argument there to say that so uh, to answer your point me if i'm bob melvin i don't leave my closer who throws a bazillion who's left-handed and the best hitter on the other team who was left-handed didn't face your best left-handed pitcher i know robert suarez hadn't given up a home run off the lefty all year i get it maybe because it's 99 he locates it and it's got some sank to it and that change up yeah He's a really good pitcher, but man, like you're waking up. I know what Bob Melvin said. He'd rather get left-hater get four outs instead of six outs. That's not the point. If I can get through the meat of the order in the eighth inning, I can turn it over to a lesser guy at the face of the bottom of the order, and then I win a game. And you're playing Game Five. That's. Yeah. Oh, listen. I, no, I, I,
2: I, I will. I wasn't surprised, but I'm not going to sit here and say, "Oh my God," to to do it. It would have been a colossal mistake. I, I'm just saying, I wasn't surprised that he left Robert Suarez in, I, I just, I love the at-bat, like, more than anything, that just, and I got, it's, it's funny, there's a uh, uh, David Dombrowski, the gener- who, who, by the way, deserves some credit here now, because he's put together some, what, this is his fourth different team he's put together that is a shot at going to the World Series. We'll talk about that later this week. But I loved <laughs> what David Dombrowski said, looking back, he said, first of all, if there's no DH in the National League, Bryce Harper's not playing in that series because of the the thumb. If there's no DH in the National League, we probably didn't go out and sign Kyle Schwarber and Nick Castellanos. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's but but Kevin, I I just looked at that at bat, and you know, I I got no, I got no cheering, I got no vested interest in in this series. That got me out of my chair. Yeah, let me ask you because that was. That to let me, me was that was baseball.
1: Let me that ask was you a little. Just let baseball. me ask you a little question. If you flip that around and Hater's throwing that ninety-nine to hundred from the left side, think Bryce mm. Harper does that? No. That's the well. There's your no, answer. I, I, like I agree you go, with you. You can lose yeah. the game in the eighth inning. Your closer can close out the game in the eighth inning. And for me, Bob Melvin, right there is like when you make big moves that you don't make, tends to hurt your team. And that hurt their team, and they're going home because of it, and don't have a chance to to go a little bit further in the playoffs. So, you live and die with it again. Suarez has had a really good year, if not a great year, and he's been really good against lefties. But it's Bryce Harper, and he's their best hitter.
2: Was there anything, I guess, other than locating the pitch better? Any thought of doubling up in the change? There, just asking you.
1: Yeah, I think his ninety-nine is his best pitch. Okay. That's fair. And Because I mean, if you
2: give that up and, and you give it up in that change, we're going, why the hell did gets, you double
1: up in the change? Gets back to Aaron Judge and Tim Mays, and Tim Mays is throwing all those, uh, those sinkers to yeah. Aaron Judge. Well, why do you throw them? Because it's your best pitch. Okay. Trying to get him out front. You're trying to get a ground ball. You're trying to get him off the barrel. That's what you're trying to do. I mean, if it was a better located ball, a little bit more down, With a little bit more movement to it, yeah, he's probably out, but it wasn't. It was a little elevated, and this gets back to my point here. Josh Hader is electric. I mean, he's almost unhittable, and he's – is he still standing in the bullpen? I mean, I'm watching the TV. Do I still see him standing out there? Does that sound familiar? Yeah,
2: yeah. I was thinking. I was waiting for. It took us twenty, twenty-two minutes, twenty-five minutes to mention Zach Britton's name. Mm. <laughs> That's exactly. I listen. I, I, I look. I, I wanted to take the opposite point of view because I knew you were going to come on here and hammer on Hader, hammering him <laughs> for not using Hader. I'm just saying though that I, I do think it was a, def, it was a defensible non-move on the part of the manager. What I'm not certain about, the bunt with Trent Grisham. Now, I get the whole, the, you know, you've got a rookie, a young pitcher in the game, field is soaked, ball's going to be wet.
1: Um, Who are you bunting him over for? I mean, I know, that, I know he's trying to get yes. a hit there. I mean, I know this, the kids listen to this That's show, so I've got to be careful what comes out of my mouth here. I know what I want to say and i'm not going to say it because we're on live radio and i'm not allowed to say that but i can okay. tell you what i said when i was watching it yeah probably the or same what thing i was I thinking said. absolutely that you're you're hitting in the 8 hole and and you're even if you don't make it you're buttoning it over with two outs for the 9 hole hitter are you kidding me really yeah, that's I, that gets back to the thing where again it, and it was a, it was a, a, looked like a good pitch to hit. It was a little elevated. I mean, it was basically right down the middle. Yeah. If he if he puts a decent swing on it, he might hit that ball to left center field. He drives in two runs, and then we're not having the conversations about Suarez. Let me ask you a really dumb,
2: dumb, I've never been there question before we break. Your Trent Grisham. At any point. At any point, are you thinking, "Now nah, I'm pulling back here. I'm going to swing." I, I'm just saying, I've never been in that position, so I, yeah, I, I, I do you have to commit. Once you commit, you you have to go, right?
1: I'm just asking you because you've you've played the game. I would never try to bunt there, so I I, I can't okay. put myself right. in a position where first and second, one out, in the ninth inning on the road, and I'm I could go home and I'm bunting. Okay. Yeah, no, no, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even be attempting that. But I mean the thought process. You're
2: standing at the plate. Once you're committed to bunt, you're gonna bunt, right?
1: Absolutely. I I know what I would do, I'd mm. be I'd be scooting a little bit closer to the plate, I'd be looking up and I'd be trying to get the head out and hitting that thing into right center field and I'd be making it a little easier for my manager. That that's what you that you, you need sometimes your guys who have been around. I know he's had a bad year, he's had a decent playoffs, but man, yeah, to go up and bunt with one out in first and second in the ninth inning, I just I, that'll make you scratch your head, and, and you know it wasn't PG in my house when I was watching that. To be honestly,
2: hopefully Chase was out of the room. He was not there. No. <laughs> yeah, I think we had the same. I think we had the same reaction to that. Uh, it was a little different than the reaction to the Bryce Harper home run, although the word was the same. <laughs> it was just said. It was just said in a different context. <clears throat> Eric Kratz is a Philadelphia Phillies analyst former blue jays catcher of well he's caught for just about everybody so i don't even say that former teammate of kevin barker which just about everybody's a former teammate of kevin barker including bryce harper including bryce harper i might add spring training former teammate of Mm -hmm. kevin barker spring training counts spring i don't think our listeners are sitting there going oh yeah it's barker was just a spring training teammate of bryce harper no 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 that counts that counts. Eric Kratz joins us next. It's Blair and Barker on 590 and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Mary Show.
0: Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. On the seven pitch, Harper hits one in the air, left center.
3: Phillies on the
0: verge of the World Series. I don't like looking back, you know, I like to look forward and, you know, being able to be here in Philadelphia. Um, I'm grateful for this team, you know, I'm grateful for this organization. Um, what they've done for us this year, um, being able to go out and get Dave Dombrowski um, to make the moves they needed to make, and um, I said it earlier, you know, in the early rounds, this is kind of his baby right here this is kind of his first year of what our team kind of looks like now that we've had you know free agency after covid all that kind of stuff so um this is our group this is this is you know who we are and i said i've said it before you know i feel like we're built for for october because the team that we do have um i thought we just we battled we grinded and being able to have the outcome that we did today was huge tell you what Bryce
2: Harper's absolutely right Kevin whatever we may think of the Phillies you talk about a team built for October built for the grind they are built for the grind
1: yeah I don't know why but when he was with the Nationals I didn't like Bryce Harper I I, I really, really? like Bryce I did well I just because he's very standoffish when he was a National and with with the Nats and and he's very quiet it just looked like you you know you're you sort of I don't know it's just he's he like a spoiled little brat is a, what he was like. Wow, that's strong <laughs> I mean, he's a great player. He's an alpha male. They they walk, talk, look different than everybody else does. I just look – he just – I don't know. Every time he talks now, it just seems like he's he, he's very thoughtful. He, he, you know, he's very sincere. Like, I understand they paid him a ton of money, and, and he's doing Bryce Harper things now, which makes it a lot easier to talk like he's talking now. But I don't know. I just – he just seems like uh, if you're into that great teammate thing, he seems like uh, – you know, when you listen to all of his buddies talk about you, and I think that's the most important part of LLS, forget about all the money and, and, you know, what comes with Bryce Harper. It's just what your teammates think of you and to a man. You listen to him talk about Bryce Harper. They talk to him different now. and and. He just seems like he's taken that and embraced it. And being a, being a Philly is not, you know, Jeff, it's not the easiest thing to do. And I would have think this time of the year, you talk pressure. Holy moly. And doing the things he's doing, that's special stuff, man. And, and listening to him talk is pretty awesome. Well,
2: let's bring in Eric Kratz. He's a Phillies analyst. And, uh, Eric, thanks for joining Kevin and myself. I'll ask you this. Uh, how tough is it being a Philly? I mean, it must it, it, it must be fun this morning. But how tough is it being a Philly?
3: It is definitely fun this morning. I appreciate you guys having me on. Except for Kevin, I don't really care that he has me on. So if he needs to take a break, he can go get some poutine or something. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: the uh, love you too, love you too. Uh huh, uh huh.
3: No, it's great. I mean, this city is is definitely gotten their name Negadelphia for a reason because there's a lot of negativity that you know, abounds on talk radio. And I think sometimes the city really embraces the whole, like, I'm going to boo for this person or that person. But this morning, it's like just an effervescent of positivity. The the Besides the Sixers stinking it up at the beginning of the year here, the Phillies are going to the World Series. The Eagles are... 6 and 0 and they have a bye week so you're even better when you're on a bye week cuz you didn't even play there's nothing to break down it's it is it is great to be a Philly right now
2: uh when Bryce Harper signed there your first reaction marriage made in heaven or uh what's he doing
3: not probably somewhere in between there i think when he signed and really the price per year was legitimate that like, Hey, you know what, this guy, whether he wanted the, you know, the most ever the largest contract at that time until trout got his, you know, that seemed like that was his motivation, but it also was his motivation to win. Cause he left some money annually on the table and where he, he didn't could not take an allow, opt out, right? Yeah. No opt out. And he could allow for the team to build around them you know now he's kind of he's kind of bearing the fruits of that of that investment in the sense that okay so how much more could he make you know you can't you don't have a crystal ball you don't know that he's going to win another mvp but he could have probably gotten i think the rays there was a speculation that the rays offered 50 million dollars for one year when he was a free agent obviously he's not going to take that but so, somewhere between the twenty seven and a half million and fifty million is probably where his value is. The Dodgers probably offered like i don't know forty million, so I'm gonna say probably left about eight million on the table annually for the thirteen year contract, and they were able to go out and sign some of these other guys that became huge pieces and so in the moment, I was kind of like. Well, I think he's got thick enough skin, but without knowing the guy playing in Philly, he is going to absolutely love the cheers because that's what I would tell anybody that's ever played in Philly. You play here, you're going to get booed, but they're not going to boo you when, when you're doing well. They're, not gonna, they're They might boo you when you get out the fourth time up after going three for three. Now you're three for four. They might boo you. But you're booing yourself. You're like, ah, man, I stunk on that one. I should have, I should have gotten a hit. But they're also nobody's gonna cheer louder than Philly fans, bar none, hands down. Absolutely, nobody cheers louder.
1: Kratzy, I believe in momentum if you're an offensive player. I, the first four guys in that order, uh, it, it, they, they have a lot of momentum. They're hitting a bunch of homers. They're driving the ball in the big part of the field. Four days between games. Is that a big thing, or is that going to help the Phillies?
3: I think it'll help them because it'll give them a, give them a break. I mean, I, I, obviously, if you, if you don't have these four days, you're playing three games. You're playing two more games out in San Diego, and, you know, you're, you're wearing down. I think it's going to help. I think it's going to, you know, there might be some rust, but you also got to face Verlander in game one. So I, I spent my whole career taking four days off and then playing. So <laughs> I, you can see what, you can see what rust does. Um, you've
2: I pre- I don't you you've caught games in a whole bunch of different con- conditions I would I, I I would presume when you're playing a game like yesterday a- in those conditions where I mean we saw what they were trying to do with the field we saw the 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 delay before the beginning of the inning uh, and then of course we saw what happened with Sir Anthony Dominguez just how hard is it to play a game in those conditions at any time, let alone a game that could send you to the world series. True. I mean,
3: you're, you're already, your senses are heightened. Um, I, I had to think back to clinching games that I was in. And it's so ironic in 2018, we were in Colorado and it was like, it was miserable. Now we were up 2-0. And we ended up winning game three in Colorado, but it was like it was like forty eight degrees drizzling the whole game. And I I didn't I didn't that's not like my first thought was like, oh man, we're just slipping around, we're in mud. My first thought is I just remember how locked in I was. And I think that's for JT, I think that's where he was. But when Sir Anthony starts Slinging some balls around and he's throwing sliders that are going the opposite direction. I know exactly what my thought would have been panic, <laughs> especially with a runner on third. <laughs>
1: Kratzy, first four guys, you look at the one guy. Schwarber, obviously, you think he's going to hit 50 homers. Riamuto's uh, probably the best catcher in baseball. We all know what Bryce Harper does. But Reese Hoskins, for whatever reason, I guess don't get a ton of love. It, you know, if Bryce Harper don't go back Lake City to left field, Reese is probably the NLCS MVP. Surprise you what he's doing in the playoffs?
3: No, not at all. When you when... – if you really break down his numbers, you break down what he's done in his career. You know, I ask a lot of people around here, because cause you, you have that love-hate relationship in Philly with Reese because they see him every day. And I think sometimes when you're out there every day, it's like when you spend a lot of time around somebody, you get annoyed with them because you see their faults. You see their faults in, you know, a daily grind of the baseball season and you forget the big picture you forget that this guy oh yeah he hit 30 homers this year oh yeah his OPS for his career is actually better than Kyle Schwarber's you know so you were super juiced about bringing in Kyle Schwarber on a four or five year deal whatever he got at 20 million dollars a year you have a guy that's actually outplayed him in his career now, does it stink when he goes through a stretch of nine at-bats and strikes out seven times? Absolutely. But you can, go, you can go about 90 miles north of New York City and find the 2022 MVP in Aaron Judge who goes through similar stuff. I'm not saying Reese Hoskins is Aaron Judge. <laughs> Don't get that mixed up. But when you look at career numbers – and you compare them to guys who you're like, I love this guy, I love this guy, you got to give a little bit of grace because Reese Hoskins is a very, very good player.
1: Kratzy, Ranger Suarez, Noah Syndergaard. Is that enough after Wheeler and Nola to beat the Astros?
3: 100%.
1: And I don't think it's going to be about
3: what do those two guys do. I think it's going to be about what does the compilation of Kyle Gibson, Noah Syndergaard, and that that band of relievers. I think Eflin, while he's only you know been stretched out for an inning, the playoffs is all about how how you get the most innings out of your guys, and how the lineup that you're facing does against high leverage guys because you're not getting you know you you can't you can't be a superstar that comes into the playoffs and gets his hits off a 3 4 5 guy cuz you're just not you're just you're not going to eat up you're not going to get your big hits against 3 4 5 guys in the playoffs cuz you're only going to see him once and even if that matchup isn't conducive that guy's going to be out of there and you're going to have to face a guy who is a little bit tougher like that that's what's big about i don't think a lot of people are talking yes harper's homer last night was it was incredible and you know maybe one of the two or three biggest home runs in philly's history look at who he hit it off of Mm. suarez suarez hadn't given up a home run in san diego all season he gave up four home runs in the regular season this year Like, I get it that – I get it that Hader was supposed to come in, and, you know, if I'm Bob Melvin right now, I'm on the plane back to San Diego. Like, where could I have gotten Hader in? Well, that was the spot. But Suarez – Suarez was a legit lockdown reliever. And so you have to have your guys – Houston's lineup is really good – but how do they do against high leverage guys? And that's gonna that's gonna show you whether or not Syndergaard and Gibson and Bailey Falter are gonna be able to navigate that lineup. You know, when you're asking for that, I think Ranger is gonna be able to navigate any lineup because that guy's just he's just like a dude that's going out and saying, hey, you know what? I'll just play catch today. Oh,
1: it's the World <laughs> Series. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Altuve is a free swinger who's due. How do you game plan against that?
3: Ugh. I wish
1: I wish you would have said he's hot yeah
3: how tuve they do is like it's it's crazy because you have to continue to stay out of the zone when he's due and he knows he's due unless he's injured he can get out of it at any point I think a couple of playoffs ago I think when they lost to the and they lost to the Yankees oh wait no that didn't happen um, they lost to the Red Sox. He was, he, was, he was hanging, like his knee was hanging. So you just, you continue to exploit that aggressiveness. But now you exploit that aggressiveness and you're like, oh, great, you got to face your Don. You have to face, if, if Altuve actually takes the walk. You know, to me, you just, you attack Altuve like it's an 0-2 count all the time because he's going he's gonna to swing. First pitch, swinging. 2-0. He's swinging. Like you get behind, it's okay because he's swinging, and you got to stay out of his power zones. Which, when he's not going well, ironically is inside, and because his arms are, I say ironically, because his arms are like, they're like two water bottles. They're just tiny, and you can't get in there. But then he dives. He dives over the plate, and he covers away so well. So it's it's a it's a strong – like, you You got you to gotta go into the game reading what he's been doing and then in-game adjustments based on, you know, based on what you see.
2: Last question from us, and we'll let you run. Uh, the Yankees, does losing that series increase, decrease, or to your mind have absolutely no impact on whether Aaron Judge is back?
3: Uh, if your feelings – are, are into it, yeah, it has a lot to do with the – it has a huge impact on whether or not Aaron Judge is into it. But I think as the days go, you're going to – everybody in the situation is going to, you know, get their feelings out of it, even – not not just the Yankees. Like, the Yankees can't sit there and say, oh, my gosh, we didn't make the World Series. We have to re-sign them because you can't – you have to be logical about it. And Aaron judge can't say, we didn't make it. I'm not hanging around here anymore. You know, he has to be logical about it. And I think it's good. He's, you know, the world series, you have time to relax, whether you watch it or not, but everybody's gonna, everybody's gonna try to make the best decision that works best for the team or works best for Aaron, whoever you're talking about. And it's, it's a special – spe- very seldom do you get an opportunity like this. From a team standpoint, really, if you sign this guy, like, look what you're getting. Like, he is a pro's pro. He affects a ball game more than, you know, maybe three or four guys per season can do. And, like, the type of person and ambassador he is for your team, let alone the game of baseball – He's awesome. And from Judge's standpoint, he's going to go somewhere, whether it's the Giants, whether it's the Yankees. I think, you know, in my opinion, those are the two places. He's going to go to a place where they're going to build around him, and the culture in that team is going to be phenomenal. When you have a leader like that that is going to affect – Everybody else and everybody looks to him, (laughs) wherever he goes, it's going to be scary. Hmm.
2: Eric, we're going to let you run. Really appreciate you doing this. Thanks so much, as always, my friend. Be well. See you, buddy. Absolutely. All right, dude. Take care. It's Eric Kratz, Phillies analyst. (laughs) And uh, we've talked to him about uh, Aaron Judge a couple of times. Of course, Eric played for the Yankees, and and he is pretty – been pretty clear, Kevin, about what a special dude Aaron Judge is. Um, yeah, I don't think uh, anybody I, I, questions I, I, that. Nobody questions that. I think he's played his last game for the Yankees. I, I, I've i told you, I think he's going to the San Francisco Giants. I think, you know what, going home, um, he's he's going to a team that has had success, ownership that will spend money. I know you've talked about the ballpark and I I, I get that. Yeah, and Yankee Stadium, such a comfort zone for him, that little short porch. But I just, man, it, 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 if I'm him, I gotta just I haven't won there, and I, I, yeah. I, I, gotta think that maybe, maybe I need, maybe I need a change. Maybe if Brian Cashman a got
1: canned, it would probably be easier for the new guy to I not think, have to re there
2: Aaron Judge.
1: Well, the other thing
2: too, I didn't real. I was reading an article. I think it was Joel Sherman wrote it, uh, and I hadn't, I had forgotten this that. Just before the start of the regular season, Brian Cashman spilt the beans publicly about how negotiations with Aaron Judge unwound, just as he did with Derek Jeter. And Judge was not happy with that. I'd forgotten about that aspect. And I just wonder if maybe Aaron Judge is saying, man, I don't need to go through this. And maybe, Kev, if Brian Cashman is fired and somebody new comes in, maybe Aaron Judge is saying, "Okay, I'll, I'll give this new guy a chance at least. Jeff, he'll go to the highest bidder. Stop talking that way. I bet he takes term over money, and I bet he ends up with the Giants. It'll be a lot of money. We'll have a gentleman's bet. Yeah, he's not going to be poor either way. That's it for us. Uh, We didn't get a chance to do Barker's back leg bits. Promise you, promise you, promise you, we'll do it tomorrow. We got a couple of special guests coming up this week. It's going to be a big week in the show. So thanks for joining us. 11 to noon Eastern on Sportsnet 590. We'll be back tomorrow. Don't forget... To rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your favorite
3: podcast.